the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line with Philip Naiman. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Hey folks, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. I hope you're having a fantastic day out there. And I gotta say this one thing. You know, Marilyn Monroe sang happy birthday mr president right to jfk it's a famous iconic song everybody's heard it that wispy little voice well i think we need to sing happy anniversary i wish marilyn monroe could do it for you uh happy anniversary miss non-president hillary clinton and that's because today this weekend i should say is the 10th anniversary of the benghazi debacle where hillary clinton left people on, in, in a hellhole of, of Africa and Benghazi in, in uh, Tripoli. Um, sorry, not Tripoli, Libya. Yeah, you're, Benghazi, you're Benghazi. You said it right. Benghazi yeah. the first time. You got it. Yeah. And, and, and so, you know, happy anniversary, Mrs. Non-President. I'm glad that this caused you all the pain and death you've caused. I'm glad this caused you not to be our president and joining me on this show because it's an anniversary of sorts for him also is Chris Peranto. Chris, how you doing boss? I'm, I'm good. I'm getting the knee taken care of. Like, so we, we, we got, I got an appointment today so I can go get surgery and finally start healing, but you know, live hard, play hard, suffer hard injuries. That's just even at my, my old age of 51, I got to realize I'm not 30 anymore. So I, <laughs> I break easier. <laughs> you know, you break easier. You don't heal as well. As a man who's had four knee surgeries and one bicep reattachment, you play hard, you break hard. You know, it's uh, yeah. it's what happens. But you you broke your knee recently uh, in a repelling accident. Yeah, right? no, but it was it was a you know it was a leadership course I was teaching with the guys from Lucid Optics out there in Wyoming. They were holding, and it was for a leadership a company comes in and we, we put them right. through, through tasks. And, and uh, that was the trust day where, Hey, you got to trust each other. So people that never repel people that were afraid of heights, people that had never bullied somebody before. So you never had somebody's life in your hands, which you, you do. I know for those of us that repel, we take it for granted, but you really do when you're bullied, you are protecting somebody's life. You better not be on your phone. Yeah, exactly. And, um, but me, no, they did a great job, tremendous job. Everybody that was afraid of heights got up on that 60-foot tower and came down. It was I, I got to be repelling all day with them. I was mentoring them. I was taking care of them. And I did, on a end of the day, their CEO comes to me and he said, hey, can you show them what an Australian repel is? I said, well, sure. I, I haven't done it in 15 years, but I used to do it. Yeah, we did it a lot. I, I said, And I made clear, so people understand this out there, all you trolls out there. Australian repelling, you don't really do it during combat. It's not worth it. You, you fast ropes, you can get, you know, you don't want to take time to get off a dang repel rope and get off a seat or something. But we do it during the training because it's fun. Uh, wait, it's wait, fun wait, 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 wait. 
on all the Call of Duty games, they Australian rappel, right? Exactly. That's what you, you, you do it with the times here, buddy. Well, well, life experience <laughs> stuff. The game says it's Australian rappelling, and you can kill everybody with an MP5. Three sixty uh, no scope. Exactly. That was great. It's a tremendous three sixty no scope Australian <clears throat> rappel at night. At night and. And um, but me and my dumb self, you know, I, the the tension that gets put on your knees and your and your quads when you Australian repel, you really don't think about it till you actually do it. And after you do it the first time, especially that first hit, I was coming off the slack side. I wasn't coming off the tension side. So there's a slack that you have to take when you come off the edge. It's it's just how it is. And I was trying to release the first time I did it. I did it great. I should have took it, my cues, and said, okay, you lucked out. Don't do it anymore. That's but part of being I, older and wiser. <laughs> but um, I still needed some lessons to be taught to me. Um, and it was fun. I was like, oh, my gosh, that was fun. I forgot how fun that was. I'm going to go do it again. Ran back up. This time I came off. The slack, it, it, the, the tension felt a little tighter than what I remembered it on the first one even before. I even mentioned to my rappel master, a great guy, a friend of mine named Trinity, a Marine, who's up there. He's a rappel master. I go, dude. I go, this tension feels a little different. I feel tighter this time. And he looked at it. He goes, nope, it's, I'm, I hooked you up, right? I'm like, okay. And as soon as I went off, I re- tried to release. It didn't give like I thought it was going to give. And it sure janked me back and I went smashed into the wall. So, and you're going to do that anyway. But this time I came back hard and I came back right leg first. Good to go. Stepped on the left leg, left leg went. And I just felt it pop and like, oh. There it goes. And somebody has a video of it and they sent it to me. They're like, you can hear me go, yep, just pop my knee. And I'm trying to hold together. But Phil, you know how knee injuries are. Yeah. I am in pain and I am trying not to scare all the and civilians. Still get down and I still got to get down. And, but I had a great guy on the ballet and I'm still still pulling. You know, I'm letting myself out. And I know it's done, you know, because, of course, you have that shooting pain to the back of the top right here that says <laughs> you severely injured something. And um, warning, but injured I, Will Robinson. Exactly, exactly. And, um, I, you know, luckily, I said Trinity's there. Uh, you know, the lucid guys are there. We know how to triage ourselves. I know what to do. He's like, can I cut your pant legs off? I said, of course you can. But, you know, stay away from the junk. I'm trying to find humor. We're, we're both trying to find humor. Well, so all the civilians don't get scared. Here's, yeah, here's the sad part about all this. Now, having a traumatic knee injury and knowing the pain that you're in is because of what you're doing with the group you're there and your background you can't cry like you want to (laughs) you want to but you can't you really really can't because and especially in this day and age everybody's got their phone out they're just waiting for the first drop I'm waiting for somebody to we just start sweat. to scream. Go, it's sweat in my eyes, guys. It's just it's sweat in my eyes. Oh my lord, it was funny. It was funny. You just I was trying to not let me let him see you sweat. It's sort of that commercial. But I'm I'm sweating, but and it's not that hot. At 70 degrees, we're up in um, by Jackson Hole, Wyoming, so it's not hot. It's perfect actually. But I am sweating buckets because I am trying to hold in the mm-hmm. the, the the scream I want to yell out and um trying to make jokes out of it, but I, I did true in true Tonto fashion. It got deathly quiet. Like nobody was saying a word. I'm looking around and I go, Hey guys, I'm not dead. It didn't kill me. It's just my knee. I'll be all right. All right. Everybody can it's laugh. It's 180 screaming terrorists with RPGs and mortars. <laughs> that's, that's what he said. And, and Trinity even said there, he's laughing. The Marine, he goes, man, you got through Benghazi and I hurt you on my rappel course. How cool. And that was his, and we started laughing. I think he has a patch now. 
He has a pass. It says it's the it's the hurt it's the hurt Tonto tap. It goes right here. <laughs> it's it, it's a man with a red X on the left knee. Exactly. That's awesome. But to tell you what, as soon as I got in, and, and credit to Lucid guys, they're great guys too. Lucid Optic guys, Jason Wilson over there. You know, we we had you know a typical range fashion. We had an ambulance ready to go. You always know, have a designated ambulance when you go to a range. We have the medical kit on site, so we're good. I got ice packets wrapped up. You know, it's throbbing. It got me in the back of that Suburban. And we're about an hour away, 45 minutes to an hour away to the closest hospital because it's, it's Wyoming. <laughs> it and, um, but yeah, as soon as we got in that um, Suburban and I laid down, I got my foot back. Yeah, I went this <laughs> and and then we laughed about it on the way on the way there. But it, it was, oh, yeah, man, it was just, you know, just traumatic injuries that they hurt, whether it's a knee, whether it's an elbow, it, you know, dislocation, skull fractures, if you still are conscious after a skull fracture, um, it hurt, but I held it. I was pretty proud of myself. I held it together until we were about a mile away and nobody could hear me except Jason. And then, <laughs> then I let it out. So, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I, I understand when I hurt my knee, the paramedics, you know, asked how it happened. It was a stupid football injury. And anyway, so I told him what happened. He goes, then what happened? I go, I screamed. He goes, a big guy like you scream like a woman. I said, no, sir. I screamed like a big, fat, ugly woman. <laughs> don't, hey, don't, don't hate the player, man. Wait until it happens to you. Exactly. <laughs> your, your chest feels like a speaker cabinet. When that ACL goes, oh, the whole boy. vibration through your body. I bet. I bet. Yeah. My, mine, I, mine, I thought I cut, I thought initially that my kneecap had snapped in half because I heard it pop and you can actually even hear it pop in the video, but it oh, was yeah. my, my quadricep tendon actually snapped off and oh, wow. my, my quad muscle actually snapped and it's we did the mri yesterday you know uh wow. and um and it, it it rolled up but it didn't roll it rolled about it, it says it's rolled up right now two centimeters but at the time when i flexed when i picked me up and i was able to flex my leg after my pant legs had been cut off it looked like a little valley had from my kneecap to my quad i thought that's why i thought that was my kneecap it's like half my kneecaps up in my quad now it was actually because there's no quad attached to the knee anymore it's gone and the tendon's gone but it was still pretty cool it was cool to see that little divot in there like wow that's kind of neat never seen that before yeah. yeah so um the other part is because you're on a medic you know you guys are trained for medic you train for trauma, yeah. you hurt your knee and you got six guys around you trying to put a tourniquet on something <laughs> <laughs> they're trying. It's like, dude, I'm not bleeding out. I don't need a tourniquet. Just give me an ice pack. Ice, you know, they're playing this. This is an original hole. Don't plug it. Leave it alone. Don't leave it alone. I feel like I just, you know, you know what we mean. And actually, Trinity's funny as well. He said the same thing. What did we ask? What did we need? I needed a wrap, an ice pack, yep. and I needed two 500 milligrams of ibuprofen. Give me I'm some Motrin. Give me the horse. Give me the horse pills. And yep, we're good. Let's let's keep rolling. And that's what we did. Exactly. Folks, I want to thank my guest here, Chris Peranto. He's going to be back on. We're going to talk about Benghazi, new information that's coming out. Uh, we're going to share it with you. He's had on his podcast, Battle Line. So check him out on Battle Line. Yeah. Also, yeah. E3 Firearms Training. We're going to come right back, get right into the story. And uh, it's happy anniversary, Mrs. Non-President. We'll be right back after this. Have questions about handgun safety, local sports shooting events, or your Second Amendment rights? Just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Get practical advice. No sales pitch. Vince is a straight shooter when it comes to sharing his advice and years of gun experience. Whether you're a seasoned gun owner or a newcomer, at Bullseye Sport, they welcome everyone, especially ladies considering a firearm for the first time. When they go to our store, we want to give them something that they're going to feel comfortable with. 
And if you're looking to purchase a gun, ammo, or accessories... If we don't have it, we will get it for you. For all the answers to your rifle and handgun questions, just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport. 951-823-0211. Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Proud sponsor of the Firing Line Gun Show, Saturdays at 1 p.m. on AM 590. Follow Bullseye Sport on Facebook for your inventory updates or call 951-823-0211. 951-823-0211. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Planet Home Lending LLC and host of the main event. Heard weekends right here on AM 590 The Answer. I'm sure by now you've heard interest rates have jumped up over the last few months, but so have home values. So what does that mean to you? If you're carrying a bunch of credit card debt, or you don't have money to pay your tax bill, or just need extra money to fill up your gas tank, now may be the perfect time to do a cash-out refinance to consolidate those bills or get some extra funds in your bank account while your equity is so high before rates get any worse. If you or your spouse are 62 years or older, higher values make reverse mortgages that didn't work before work now. To see how we can make the numbers work for you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. Ed Hoffman, Retail Branch Manager, NMLS ID 9921, Branch NMLS ID 2275209. Planet Home Lending, LLC, NMLS ID 17022. Planet Home Lending, LLC, is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. AM 590, the answer. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my Boomstick! That's right, folks. It's Boomstick Radio. This is Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. And as you know, each week on the Firing Line Radio Show, the conversation revolves around firearms, hunting, and Second Amendment issues. But one of the show's stalwart supporters has always been Vince Torres over at Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo in Riverside. Vince and his team of experts are second to none in their knowledge and passion for all that this show stands for. If you're not armed for protection or recreation, stop in at Bullseye Sport for small arms, rifles, shotguns, ammos, accessories, and much more. Bullseye Sports stocks all all name brands like Beretta, Ruger, Glock, Winchester, and many more. If they don't have it, they'll get it. They welcome all levels of shooting enthusiasts, especially ladies, considering firearms for the first time. Bullseye Sports is the best selection of prices every day. Stop in, mention you heard me, Philip Naiman, on AM 590's Firing Line Radio Show, and talk about Bullseye Sports guns and ammo in Riverside. Near the corner of Brockton and San Simeon Way, hit the bullseye, go see Vince. You know, I, I really do appreciate his support because he makes this radio show happen. And folks, you want to be involved, go see Vince. He'll give you a great deal. Tell him you heard it on the show, and uh, then I'll get a great deal. Hey, folks, welcome back to Firing Line Radio Show. This is Philip Naiman. I hope you're having a great day out there wherever you are. And by the way, remember, this is the happy anniversary, Mrs. Non-President. Hillary Clinton, who uh, liked to leave people overseas to die. Now, what am I talking about? Ten years ago, folks, ten years ago this weekend, we had a little incident in Benghazi. And, you know, I could tell you all about it, but the whole point of this podcast is having a guest here so he can tell you all about it because he was there. And this is Chris Peranto. You might have heard of him as Tonto Peranto. He has Battle Line Tactical, E3Firearms.com. Uh, he's all over the place. Uh, 13 hours, he wrote the book. They did the movie. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's, as with almost any scandal involving our government, new information seems to pop up, oh, I don't know, 5, 10, 50 years later. So, I'm going to turn this straight over to Chris here because this is actually new to me as I'm hearing it, and I want to share it with you immediately. 
Go ahead, Chris. Well, yeah, you know, guys, I, for those that haven't I, to see 13 hours or know what happened to Benghazi, I recommend you do it. Go we'll watch the movie. Michael Bay did a tremendous movie, job. Buy the book. Buy the movie. Buy the yeah, book. Do it. Do it. Do it. And, you know, but the attack that happened to us at the at the U.S. consulate in the annex that killed Ambassador Chris Stevens and, and IT officer Sean Smith and also killed two of my heroic teammates. Those guys were tremendous. Glenn Doherty, Bub and Tyrone Woods, uh, it was washed under, you know, swept under the truck. They tried to sweep it under the rugs until we we decided a couple of years after to step forward. And I say we, our team, the remaining team members, myself, Oz, Jack Casilva, Dave Benton, and John Tig Tiger. Um, but, you know, the things that I'm finding out, if you don't, if you know the story, you know that we were saved or we were rescued by a militia. You know, first of all, the militia that escorted Bub's team to our compound, Bub was brought his GRS team from Tripoli to Benghazi to try to help us on an oil executive's jet. And then the militia that came and actually came and brought Bub's team in. And then I don't know if people knew that know this or not. They actually took that mortar team out for us. The one that was hitting us that killed Tyrone and Glenn and severely injured state department officer Dave Ubin. And then they also went in and I didn't know it at the time, but they also were the same militia. They just got, got more of their buddies and came and got us out of there. That oil executive's jet, that militia, and that uh, first militia, and then even the second militia, they all belong to Omar Gaddafi. Uh, you know, I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, we were there. I mean, for you, know, those that know the story of 9-11-2012, Gaddafi bad. We got to kill Gaddafi. We got to go into Libya and liberate the American people. I mean, liberate the Libyan people because Gaddafi's bad. You know what? They were better off with him. And then in the end, to add insult to injury or just to say the irony of of it all is that in the end, we were saved by Omar Gaddafi. And to me, that is just cool. That's just, you know, for the 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 our government at that point in time, you know, President Obama and Valerie Jarrett, who was running stuff behind the scenes and the State Department, Hillary Clinton and then. You know, the guys, Patrick Kennedy, Charlene Lamb, which are State Department undersecretaries, who had a huge, huge hand in what happened to us in Benghazi. And then John McCain as well. You know, to me, that was a huge deal because especially especially the treachery of John McCain. Right. Somebody who was left behind and then he comes back like this. Yeah. And does it and us. You know, that's what led me also to digging. Why were we really there? And, you know, there are things where I do jobs and you're thinking, well, Chris, you're on a job. Tano, you should know. There are a lot of times where I don't want to know. I'll be honest. I I just love doing the job. We're killing terrorists. We're finding terrorists. We're targeting them. We're actioning them. We're getting intel. I'm getting to do stuff I love with the guys I love. I don't want to know the underlying because if I did, then, well, then I probably wouldn't want to do my job anymore, which is what I enjoy doing. But even now finding that out, and then also it justifies to me the real reason why we were in Benghazi was to to facilitate the weapons, uh, the the arming of of militias to go and destabilize Syria. That was the stepping point off. And overthrowing Gaddafi was just a ruse to fool the American public into thinking us doing something good. Wasn't wasn't Syria the fourth country that that happened under Obama? Yeah, yeah. First one hit Egypt, Libya, Yemen. Yemen and actually Syria and then Syria and Yemen were right around the same time because I went to Yemen after after Benghazi. Actually, I served in Yemen and I was part of that debacle. Yemen hadn't there was Yemen actually was fairly safe for for a terrorist type country. It was it wasn't Baghdad. It wasn't Fallujah. It wasn't Ramadi. They had a they had a Kentucky Fried Chicken in the middle of uh, an actual franchise Kentucky Fried Chicken in Yemen, but. 
true American fashion at that point in time, it was it was that we want, we just wanted to go and overthrow dictators and destabilize nations. It's like we wanted to have a party. Let's go have a party. We're going to have a great party. Church it up. We're going to have a lot of fun. And then at the end of the party, we're going to leave and you guys clean it up. And that's yeah. how it was. And it was it, it was it, it, it. Now I'm looking back on it. You know, hindsight's 2020, finding out more. It's like, wow, we really destroyed a lot of people's lives. Yeah. And it, it's always brushed under the rug by our complicit media that never held that president accountable, which honestly, we talk about Hillary a lot. We forget who the commander in chief was. I don't forget. Oh, yeah. And that, that's, I just can't say, we just can't say the O word because that sets off my Tourette's. <laughs> so, I, yeah. Just don't say it. Just say the O word, it, you yeah. know. That, but in, that who shall not be named. In, but in the end, you know, I, we are still, and, and luckily for Sarah, Sarah Adams, who should be a good, good person for your show, brother. Um, her and Dave Boone Benton, my partner, wrote a book, and she's been on my Battleline podcast. We did the two episodes. She also was on Benghazi's uh, Trey Select Committee. She was on on Trey's side of the house on the Benghazi Select Committee. She has a lot of information about that. Um, they are still out there finding the terrorists that attacked. Our compound and actually uh she said one of them they got one of them today haftar was a friend haftar was a benghazi militiaman our u.s government didn't like it but he actually was one of the ones that was friendly to us and he's out there killing those guys that killed that attacked our compound to this day his name's haftar um and i was finding that out and sarah has they compiled in their book cia wouldn't do it state department wouldn't do it fbi's not doing it her and boone her book that's coming out, it's in review with DOD right now because she is an employee with DOD at the moment. They're going to, okay, it'll get out. Has all the guys that attacked our compound. Nobody's ever put that on paper until she or her and Boone did it now. Who gave the uh, the entire go-ahead to attack the compound? It was actually uh, the um, uh, second-in-command of AQI. We actually killed him. Uh, well, I can't remember. Not Mullah Omar. Uh, dang it. I've got, if I, if I had my other computer, I'd search him. He was the second behind Osama bin Laden. And that's what is truly to me shocking as well is our attack. Again, it wasn't a video. Of course, we know this now. It wasn't a video. It wasn't a protest. We were the militias that were trained. They were AQI trained. AQIM was part of the militias or part of the terrorists that attacked us. So it's Ansar Sharia, Ansar Sharia and Al-Qaeda in the Maghreb. And the second in charge of AQI, the guy below Osama bin Laden. Dawahiri. He's the one that actually said, make it happen, attack and, and try to try to kidnap. They wanted to kidnap Ambassador Stevens. How about this? How about the video that got blamed? Like somebody found this thing in a search engine. They said, why could, what can we blame this on? Right. <laughs> Now, a guy I know is named Steve Klein. He's out there in Southern California. He was actually with the creator of that film that night okay. down in, in Hollywood where they did a screen with like 40 people. Okay. That, that was it. It is not exactly a huge movie that's doing gangbusters. No, it was terrible. It was awful. You've seen it. It's terrible. Yeah. I mean, it's almost as bad as my YouTube videos, almost, <laughs> but mine are worse. But the thing is, that guy was like jailed. It is. He was thrown in prison and then he yeah. actually was uh, a church took him in so he could live safely there in Southern California. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. He and, was and, totally innocent. But one yeah. more in that Hillary Clinton trail of death and this, this, this 
dismemberment of people's lives um, behind her. Guy's innocent. They know he's innocent. They put him in jail for this yeah. while they're trying to cover everything else up. I want to get into more about the targeting and those other issues as soon as we come back here. Folks, this is Philip Naiman. Check out Tonto, Chris Tonto Pronto at Battleline Tactical. Battleline Tactical and E3 Firearms. They're doing live training. Get out there. Learn how to learn how to work a gun by somebody who, I don't know, maybe he's actually worked a gun. So it's, it's important a little bit, right? His his index finger's got a permanent crook to it. <laughs> hey, we'll be right back after this, FiringLineRadio.com. Hi folks, Philip Naiman from Firing Line Radio Show. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated million dollars for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at CCWSafe.com. AM590, the answer. Spartans, lay down your weapons! Persians, come and get them! Hey, folks, welcome back to Firing Line Radio Show. I hope you're having a great day out there. Again, this is happy anniversary, Mrs. Non-President, because she should never have been that close to power in the first place. Uh, and, and and like I said, I'd like to blame the other one, the, the commander-in-chief at the time, but I can't pronounce that name without lighting off a, a bout of Tourette's. So just understand, it's a personal weakness of mine. That's my personal feeling for him. I, I can't even say it. Ugh. I'm going to go use mouthwash just because I alluded to him. Anyway, joining me back here, folks, I have Chris Pronto, one of the survivors, one of the few survivors of the Benghazi debacle happened 10 years ago this weekend. And you just did your own podcast a little bit earlier today, Battle Line. And let's go through some of this new information that you have that you want to share. Well, I, you know, we had our guest on and she actually was a teammate. She was a targeter. She was a staff officer for the CIA. She was a targeter. For those who don't know what targeters are, they're the ones that actually target the terrorists. And then they, they, they give work their, up a package and say, this exactly. is the guy he's. Yeah. And then they and then they hand it to whoever's going to action, action it. Action means either kill them or grab them, snatch them up so we can put them in, in prison. You know, and, and that was to release them into Idaho later. Exactly. Put yeah. them in prison for a few years and then we'll trade them off for somebody that, you know, that smuggled weed into Russia. We're going to trade those guys. I, I, I'm kidding. I don't know if that's good. Cool. No, that's not a joke. <clears throat> she was tremendous at her job and she actually worked with us in Benghazi. She was gone when the attack happened. She actually had to go to meetings in Eastern Europe. Yeah. You knew it was coming. You just left us. She would never do that. She is a, she is awesome at what she did. Um, but that being said, she has a, she's privy to a lot of information. Was she and on the ground in Libya? She was. She actually worked in Tripoli with me, and then she was our targeter in Benghazi. Just it was just coincidence during the attack. She had to go do uh, do her, her packet required her to go to Eastern Europe to still 
formulate another packet up because that's a lot of times where they get information and they could do their meetings with the Qataris and Tunisians. It wasn't just on the ground there. You'd go to other places where these people that didn't feel safe, they would come in where they felt safe. You know, would you rather talk to a U.S. person in in Benghazi or would you rather go to Sweden and talk to them on the U.S.'s dime? You know, so it's that kind of thing. So I'd want to go to Fiji. Yeah, I would think that's what I would have picked, but I don't know if they've even paid for that much. They've got to keep it Eastern Europe, that that hemisphere. (laughs) Um, But she um, she knows a lot about what took place. So talking to her, you know, and one of the biggest one of the things that we talked about earlier that shocked me was the people that rescued us were Qaddafi loyalists. So, you know, if that isn't just ironic in itself, which and it also shows just how corrupt our American government is and that we should never have been in Benghazi in the first place. It wasn't overthrow Omar Qaddafi, which we hit on many times. The other thing that that really uh, got my attention, it was right off the bat, is that initially we were told to stand down by our chief of base, Bob. Uh, you know, we've seen the movie and we were, we're told not to go. We disobeyed orders 30 minutes into it because he gave, kept giving us the, 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 uh, the notion or the information that the militia that was friendly to us, 17th Fed Martyrs Brigade, they weren't friendly to us, but he thought they were, they were going to do the rescue attempt. I found out from the, from Sarah, she said that Bob knew from the very first phone call, from the very first call that we got to respond, which was nine, 3932, 17th Feb commander called him and said, we aren't coming. We're not going to help. He knew that from right then and there. And he still, for the next 30 minutes, lied to us saying, no, 17th Feb's here. Bob, because Bob was overwhelmed. Bob had no business being. He was not a CT officer. He, Bob, and I say overwhelmed. Terrorist. He, yeah, he's, he wasn't a counter-terrorist officer. He so he no, wasn't an action guy. He was a yeah. numbers guy. And he didn't know what he was doing. And like all CIA fashion, if a leader doesn't know what they're doing, they don't go ask somebody else for help. They're going to fake the funk until it's either over or somebody pulls them out of the fire. And that wasn't going to happen. So to say that that there was a malicious to say that Ambassador Stevens, you know, they're going to kidnap him, that the U.S. had some involvement with that. I don't know. And Sarah doesn't know that. either. All I know is that they the 17th Fed March Brigade had no intention of letting of going to rescue. Uh, Ambassador Stevens. And in essence, he lied to us, which we waited 30 minutes before we finally bucked borders. If you're a guy on the ground, Phil, that's huge. 30, 30 minutes. minutes into, in general, let's, let's get out the gate. You could hold uh, your breath for 30 minutes, right? Yeah. yeah maybe not anymore, but I how many, how many mag dumps can you do in 30 minutes? Did you, how many mortars can you launch in 30 minutes? You could shoot about a thousand PKM and disco rounds, which is what they, what they did. Um, but what that bothers me, too, is that we went down there thinking that the guys that we were linking up with were 17 Feb and they were our friends. We just got lucky, man. We did. The, we are lucky. We are lucky, not just from the bad guys, but just even us having the notion that those guys were friendlies, that we were asking to come help us. They could have turned on us in a heartbeat. We probably would have done things a lot differently if we would have known that. So not only did he lie to us when we went out the gate. With the intel that we had that we thought was truthful, that 17th Feb was coming eventually, that wasn't true. We were asking guys just off the streets to help us and it very easily could have turned around and shot us in the back. That's so that me. That's huge. Yeah, of course that is. You know, sometimes you whitewash something or somebody would whitewash something, right? This is a red wash because it seems as if they realized at that point in time, somebody made a call to cut and run. And yeah. so 
Bob, whoever Bob is, this is person. That's, actually, that's, his, that's his real name. It is. We just won't give his whole name or his address. We don't, we don't do that. We you call him Bob. Okay. So Bob, Bob uh, what if he had orders that was to let you guys go and okay. lock the door behind you? And it's, it's a possibility. I, I, if he did that, I don't, there were people still on the compound. I know that wouldn't, you got to look at people's actions, right? I mean, see, one of the things that hurts for us, you have a Christian faith, so do I, um, we uh, subscribe our worldview to other people that don't deserve it. You think somebody's going to do the right thing. We think the government would do what we would do if we were in power, except these people in power aren't us. They have a whole different worldview and they would rather follow an order and, and for their own ilk than to do the right thing that rankles somebody. And so it's hard for you. It's hard for me to look at this and say, oh, no, he wouldn't do that. As opposed to let's just look at what the actions were and what are the results? Well, those actions sent your squad out to go face machine guns in an alley. Yeah. The last per- and the people who had the machine guns were the same guys who were on the phone with him saying, we're not coming. We're not coming. I, we, we, th- I, we think they could have just been people off the street. I, I think they were just people off the street that, that decided to help. They had that 20 millimeter, just you know, whatever. <clears throat> oh, the, the, well, the fighters, no. The, the, the militias that fought against us. That was Ansel Sharia. That was elements of that 17th Fed March Brigade. Right. That was, yes. And it was Al-Qaeda in the Maghreb, which ran the meeting, which we which guys, I, the name Zawahiri is the guy that said, go get Ambassador Stevens. If Zawahiri is number two, Salman bin Laden was number one. That's how high that level of attack went up on the terrorist side of the house. But uh, Bob, I, I think later down the line and I'm speculating here and this is something Sarah couldn't couldn't validate or not with me is that when the jets didn't come when the big army didn't come that went out of Bob's hand and that did go to the state department and they did take it over from DOD at that time SecDef was Leon Panetta he even admitted it on national tv yep. that he said state department took over yes do I think state department and those that were there on that level did they want us just to die or just to go away. Yep. Yeah, I do. I, I really feel that uh, just because, by their because here's the story. The story was that president at that time and that Cretan Hillary Clinton um, were getting weapons from the stash that Gaddafi had, had specifically surface to air missiles. Yeah. You know, I heard about this years ago that you guys were in there trying to find five or six missiles at a time out of villages running them over. We're, the yeah. We're good trying to find SA sevens and, and, uh, and then even no stingers though. There weren't any stingers that I was aware of at the time. I give you three goats for that missile and you know, Wait, they got they got a little bit more than that. They got, I, I imagine they did. But then those service-to-air missiles, we would think, those of us in, in rational America, would think, oh, good, they're getting those weapons out of terrorist hands. But no, our government under that president sent those service-to-air missiles to Syria to fight Assad and the Russians, causing more international conflagration. Well, just again, trying to overthrow another dictator that we had learned that wasn't going to work. And, and uh, I, I can't say, I, so I can't, better. 
Lebanon's doing great, Syria, Yemen. I mean, the touch of that man and and the death toll uh, that he caused through his insane um, policies. You know, you talk about a whitewash. This is a red wash. There's blood all over that president. And And, um, to be held up as this Nobel Prize winner. Yeah, I I just being a Christian and I am, I have to rely on that. That's what got me out of the anger part of all this. And and it's that judgment will come. You're right. And here's what I tell my wife too. I say, do you understand at the great white throne of judgment, there's a cheering section. When they call his name, I'm going to start the wave. (laughs) Well, and that's the guys that I know people want to see heads roll and we want to see this. We wanted to see trace committee and Jeff sessions to actually action. this stuff. Our problem is our faith is in Republicans. Folks, we have to come right back for our last segment here. Philip Naiman, Chris Tonto. We'll be right back. Hi folks, Philip Naiman from Firing Line Radio Show. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated $1 million for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at ccwsafe.com. I'd like to introduce you to a new sponsor to the show, Sean Gibbs of Ask Defensive Training Company. They're in Redlands, California. They also sell guns and ammo. But the most important thing that they have for you here today is their training courses. Ask, kind of an interesting name. Why would you call it that for guns and ammo? Well, Ask stands for Attitude, Skills, and Knowledge. And that's what they focus on at Ask Defensive Training. Sean has basic courses for a first-time gun buyer. If you're not familiar with your firearm, you want to be able to use it safely, perfect place for that. He has also additional courses for defensive handgun, advanced handgun, and even learning how to shoot a firearm in low-light situations. Bring your mag light. So folks, check them out at askdefensive.com, A-S-K-defensive.com for a schedule of classes. He's got a great store in there too, so buy what you want, train what you want, askdefensive.com. AM 590, the answer. Yes! Great hunter. Yes? Yes. Fine figure of a man, yes? Yes? Yes. That is all you need to know for now. Hey, folks, welcome back to Firing Line Radio Show. Get our podcasts at FiringLineRadio.com. FiringLineRadio.com. My guest this week is Chris Peranto. Now, we're talking about the Benghazi stuff, right? Because, yeah. you know, after 10 years, it's just a party that keeps on giving. But if you want to follow Chris or get 
training when he's not flailing around on one leg. Look at Battle Line Tactical. That's his personal company. He's also doing training through E3 Firearms, which yeah. is a great group. Adam Shaw, I had him on last week. Um, your co-trainer, well, he's yeah. probably the primary trainer now that you're a peg. Oh, he's, he, he's always the primary trainer. I'm just a pretty face. He's always the primary trainer. Come on. <laughs> he said the opposite. Oh, anyway, did he? He said well, he was we, a pretty face. Well, then we both got pretty faces in, so you can't lose. You can't lose. Hey, so let's talk about this Benghazi debacle. We know it is Hillary's fault, Pendetta's fault, the O word's fault. We know this. We know that they left people out to die, but there's more information that just came out. Um, and, and in writing the book, 13 Hours, this is the collaboration of your whole team, right? Yeah, the whole team did it with, and then we had an actual author, Mitchell Zukov, who was a huge author. He wrote it tremendous come in and actually get it together because you know you have rangers and marines writing books it's going to be a pop-up you know full pen <laughs> coloring book <laughs> especially if it's family friendly it's just exactly all it's, it's just it's, why can't we do it, so it he, looks like the affidavit for trump's house it's just for death <laughs> i know oh my lord so well so then in the movie then everybody was credited with the movie too Yes, actually, we were all on set with the movie. They, they did a great job. And being on set, I mean, that was an experience in its own right, just being out and watching them do a good job. And the, the actors took it very seriously. They did a great, great job. Put the politics aside. There's no, obviously, you've seen it. There's no politics in the movie. People said there should be. Honestly, we wanted to honor the guys that, 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 that gave their lives, Ron and Bob. And, and then, know, and then some of the proceeds in the movie went to their foundations and stuff. It doesn't. Right? And, and yep. And then we, they're also, they both still have their own foundations, guys, Roan, Tyrone Woods wrestling foundation, give to that or Glendora Memorial foundation. And that's, you know, they, they did start. So yes, some of the proceeds uh, from Paramount uh, and the picture itself. I don't know exactly. You'd have to ask Glenn. Well, that's cool. I, I'm glad that they did yeah. that. I'm glad that they did that. And the book as well. Um, okay. So, Let's go back with this new information, this new book that's coming out, and it is? It's called Benghazi Know Thy Enemy, and it's written by Sarah Adams, who was our CIA targeter there in Libya during the attack, because she was stationed there, and then also by my sniper buddy, the guy who was on the roof with me, Dave Boone Benton. So if you've seen the movie, you know Boone was Dave my buddy. Bob, 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 Boom Bang? Bob, Boom Bang, D Dave, Dave 308 Benton. That's, that's what they call them. SR-25 Dave is what they are. And, and um. But yeah, guys, of course, you guys, if you know 13 hours, you know, Boone was there and he, he, he was there with us during the fight and he was there prior to, and Sarah was our targeter. So it was, it was tremendous. And so what, what more is in their book that they have? Well, the biggest thing is that they, they, the government didn't want Benghazi to still stay out there. Obviously, we talked about the reasons why, because it doesn't help political endeavors by any means for those that were involved with whether it was O or Hillary or whoever else. So they stopped looking for the attackers that attacked our compound. You know, we still want to find the terrorists that killed the four Americans. They quit doing it. Sarah kept on being a targeter. That's what she did. So that was her job, and she kept. And they have forty of the terrorist terrorist attackers that attacked our compound listed in the book with pictures, with real names, with their locations. So she actually are there any bounties? Um, I, you know what? I don't know if she's got any bounties. I'm sure there is. Well, some some people might want to get a little lunch money. I don't know. It just has. I'm, I'm sure they could work it out with a foreign government, whichever country they were in. I'm sure they could figure that one out. But also, just just the the the, the like the stuff I'm finding out, like like that there was no help from 17 Feb. Ten years. I had no idea that no we 
if we had known that, we would have pounced out that gate first second. We're like, okay, bye, we're out, see you. Which which makes me, as a skeptical person that I am, question Bob. Bob, I, Bob is a Bob's going to do, in my opinion, and this is my opinion. I am just telling you, Bob's going to do whatever the people above him tell him to do. Right. And if he was giving the I, word that don't send these guys, this is what the plan is, then he would have done that. Um, and he Bob's doing. Yeah, he would. And so maybe he's thinking that he's saving your life by not sending you out. And that's a possibility too. The only person that knows that is Bob. Now, do we think that he? Th- now, is that a that is a silly way of thinking? We got when you're Baghdad asking- Bob, we got Benghazi Bob. So many Bobs. Who knows? They're all Bob. 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 But, Bob, Bob. 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 What? Okay. But his uh, his his. If he, you know, obviously, if he was believing that, he he's. These are all questions. These are all questions that should have come out at the Benghazi Commission. And and that's the thing with her. She can at least talk about on the. Didn't really get much into the select committee stuff. Hers is more about that night and the failures, even more so of what took place. The people that actually saved us, which was Gaddafi's loyalists that saved us uh, and that helped us, and then also just just the attackers, just getting the, the people that actually did the attacks. And that's huge in itself because of the American government, the people that are in power, whether it's O or I don't know, I can't say why Trump didn't want to want to action these guys. That's the only thing Donald Trump will be able to tell you. I know why Biden doesn't want to action these guys. Well, he was VP when this went on. So obviously, but she is still oh, putting that in information the out words there. of Joe Biden. That's a big deal. Yeah, it's huge. Um, so for the book itself, guys, I don't want to give it all away, but she has a lot of information out there that uh, we've talked about on the show, but even more so that well, each chapter, us guys on the ground haven't talked about. She has a format in a strange way. Each chapter is a target package. Well, that's what she said. Yeah, I remember she said this. She goes, I'm no Pulitzer Prize writer, but it's written more of a targeter type book where it is. It's like this is this is this guy. But you know what's what's what is also it it solidifies too because the majority of those tackers were Al Qaeda. Well, what was what was O running on are. at the time? And they still are. What was O running on at the time? We can't say his name, so let's just say he was running on Al Qaeda is on the run. Well, no, they weren't. Yeah, they, they're yeah. running from this country into this country into this country, and we're, we're and they're running, Nikes. and then they're running into the consulate, and they're running at the annex to try to kill us. And and also, again, we said it on the show here, Zawahiri being the guy that gave the command to come get the ambassador. That's number two in Al Qaeda, guys. If they're on the run, why is number two still giving orders to his teams in Libya? And then also, she talks about the Al Qaeda head trainers coming into Libya to train up the Libyan militias to come attack our compound. They were getting trained by eight senior AQI members, and she lists them yeah. in the book. Yeah, I mean, you had mortar fire, right? That's not an easy thing to no. coordinate. And I feel bad for Petraeus when he said, yeah, they just threw it on the back of a truck and they shot it on the back of the truck. I, when Petraeus said that, I want to say, dude, your ranger tab has been revoked. You cannot have that ranger tab anymore because that is impossible. You can't just set a mortar two on a Hilux, drive around, drop a tube in it, and it hits where it's supposed to hit. He knows better than that. But, of course, I think he was trying to cover for himself at the time. And and she also talked about um, she she was the one that filed the IG complaint to Petraeus that the CIA was spinning the story to make it what you guys were starting to see, the video the protests, all that, and uh, and the CIA element in Tripoli were calling us liars, and she stood up for us, and she filed an IG complaint, and that's in the book as well. They handed it to Petraeus' staff. Petraeus was going to do something about it, 
was going to fo- follow up to see what was going on. And then guess what happened just the week later? Retired. He was, he was, no, he was dismissed because they found out he was cheating. He found it on his laptop. He was cheating on his wife and he was dismissed because of the affair. Yeah. Who was looking into his laptop? Oh, the CIA? Uh, yeah. CIA looking at the own director's laptop. Where did that come from? So was that a coincidence? No, I, I and to have the the director now, I, I don't condone that. I of course I don't condone that behavior. Being a Christian, I don't think it's right. But to say that he is the only one at the agency that's ever had an affair, are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, you'd have to fire ninety percent of the agency. He is the only I, one that was politically expedient to expose at that point in time, exactly. folks. I want to thank my special guest here, Chris Peranto, Tonto Peranto. And uh, you know, gotta, next time we talk, you got to find out why you're in Kansas when you grew up in Colorado. But anyway, we'll save that for another, another show here. <laughs> Check him out at Battleline Tactical, BattlelineTactical.com, E3 Firearms. He's got some specific training on there. He's not going to be doing some live stuff for a few months, but he will be back out there. Chris, thank you for your service. Thank you for your time. And, you know, God bless you on your surgeries. I hope you uh, go back man. from a... Get your leg instead of a peg. Yeah, I know. I, I will. I'll be fine. I'm going to get this thing done, and we're going to get it better. Better than it was before. The $6 million man. Yeah, stronger, buddy. faster. Okay. God bless. Take care, brother. Shoot, Felipe. Shoot. When you have to shoot, shoot. Don't talk. Have questions about handgun safety? local sports shooting events, or your Second Amendment rights? Just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Get practical advice, no sales pitch. Vince is a straight shooter when it comes to sharing his advice and years of gun experience. Whether you're a seasoned gun owner or a newcomer, at Bullseye Sport, they welcome everyone, especially ladies considering a firearm for the first time. When they go to our store, we want to give them something that they're going to feel comfortable with. And if you're looking to purchase a gun, ammo, or accessories... If we don't have it, we will get it for you. For all the answers to your rifle and handgun questions, just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport. 951-823-0211. Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Proud sponsor of the Firing Line Gun Show, Saturdays at 1 p.m. on AM 590. Follow Bullseye Sport on Facebook for your inventory updates or call 951-823-0211. 951 AM 590, the answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 